Welcome to the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm here with my son, Joseph. Together, we are learning sports one game at a time. My name is Joseph, and I'll be the moderator for today's UConn basketball discussion. Let's go! Hi, everybody. Would you take a minute to introduce yourselves to our UConn listeners? All right. Well, I'll go first. Hi, Joseph. Hi, uh, Jared and and Connor. Thanks so much for joining us on the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. Uh, My name is Mike DeViro. I am the co-host of our family podcast and creator. And um, boy, we've interviewed uh, everybody from David Benedict at UConn to Hall of Fame coach Jim Calhoun. And we're learning sports conversations, uh, you know, one talk at a time. Everybody from the life of Giannis to Willie Mays. So I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to do a uh, super fan roundtable here with some big UConn fans. Why don't you go ahead next, Connor? Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much, Mike and Joseph, for having me. Uh, my name is Connor Geary. I'm a, a Weathersfield resident and a lifelong uh, Huskies fan. I am the in-game host. So I'm the MC on court and on field for um, many of the UConn athletic sports, including football, men's and women's basketball as well, too. So uh, happy to be here. Thanks so much for, for having me. Well, thank you. And Jared, you can go next. Perfect. Then. Yeah, I, I'm Jared Kotler. I host the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, so all things Connecticut sports, UConn, University of Hartford, Yale, uh, all the colleges, uh, talking to professional athletes who have come through Connecticut. So it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing it. Glad to see that you guys are you know, furthering the sports conversation with your podcast and really excited to be on with you guys today. Well, thank you so much. Now, before Joseph gets to his first question, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Connor, but... You are the in-game host at UConn Games. Where we go to the XL Center all the time. If we put that microphone in front of you right now, what would you do to hype up our listeners? Do you have your 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 basic format that you go to, whether it's the blue-white chant or what, what do you got? Joseph's laughing here beside me. Yeah. So fortunately for me, when I show up to a game, uh, all of the smart people in the room have actually compiled a, a script. Um, and, and it's primarily my job to follow that script. Um, so all of the timeouts uh, are, are kind of determined what, what it is that we're going to do. All of the marketing folks have gone around and, uh, you know, pregame gathered contestants and willing participants. And it's kind of just my job to put that all together and, and make it as fun and entertaining as possible once uh, once the whistle blows and we have a, a minute or two in between there. So, um, you know, I, I do try very hard not to script myself. Obviously, there are things that have a, a very repetitive nature. The blue-white chant is a great example. I'm not making up any other colors. The colors are blue and white every single time. Um, uh, but I do try my hardest to make it a, as improvised or fresh feeling as I possibly can. Well, you you do such a great job, and I I love it when you are are able to get the crowd hyped up, especially when they're going into a timeout. It's a really great opportunity for UConn to kind of let everybody know that if we're down by a couple of points, that we're getting ready to make a big big push here. All right, Joseph, you want to fire off your first question? I'll try to answer first, then we'll let Connor go, then Jared. First question, who's your favorite all-time UConn player and why? 
Alrighty. So I would go ahead after some thought and probably say over the years, um, I would probably say Karan Butler. And the reason being, it's just an amazing story as far as um, his life, where he's come from, all the adversity he had to go through. I love the story of his recruiting process. And then just, he's the type of player that I love. Uh, Do everything on the court, ended up being a, a top 10 draft pick with the Heat. Um, I love a guy who could dunk in traffic and change the momentum of a game. And he also had one of the most amazing games I've ever seen in uh, the tournament run with Maryland. So, so my vote would be uh, for Karan from, uh, from my viewing years. How, how about you, Connor? You know, it's, it's a great question. I think I would have to answer. um, I mean, in my formative UConn years, obviously watching Ray Allen shoot the ball was fantastic, but, you know, sort of as a young adult, really, really into college basketball, uh, watching Kemba do what Kemba did was, was outstanding and will always stand out to me as kind of just being, uh, some of the most memorable Husky moments of my life, um, sort of in my young adulthood. So, so Kemba's it for me. That's a, that's a great pick. I'll, you- I'll go. Yeah, I'll go Shabazz Napier. Uh, just kind of sentimental reasons. I, even though I didn't go to UConn for, for college, Shabazz and I are the same age, went through college at the same time together. So it was fun for me to follow his career. I always love seeing a four-year player too that that sticks it out throughout all those four years. And you can really watch him grow throughout their college career and to see where he was as a freshman, kind of playing that secondary role into where he was as a leader of the team, his, his senior year, ultimately leading him to a title. So I think I'll have to go with Shabazz for my answer there. Those are all great picks. And I know Joseph has a favorite. Uh, but with you mentioning age, Jared, I'm going to be 50 in a couple of months. Joseph, go ahead and tell your age. I'm nine. And and would you guys mind sharing yours? Because we have questions here. Yeah, I'm, I'm 33. I turn 34 uh, next week on the 22nd. Like I said, my lucky number. All right. Happy birthday. And Jared? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I am 29. So, uh, Getting, getting close to 30. Excellent. We have the whole board covered here. Joseph, who's your favorite UConn player? Mine would be Kemba Walker because I loved uh, how he hit the uh, game winner versus uh, Pittsburgh. So he goes back and watches. I agree with you, buddy. Yeah, was, I love- <laughs> All right, Joseph, how about your second question for the panel? Give me two X factors on this year's team in your preseason scouting reports. Okay, that's a good one. Two X factors on this year's team. For me, I'm going to say Andre Jackson and probably a cook, a cook. Uh, If Andre Jackson is living in the gym and practicing outside jumpers along with the spurts that I've seen with his slashing ability, I think he could be a real game changer and very hard to defend. And a cook, I thought when he was healthy, he was the best player on the court in spurts. So now we're a little over a year removed from... Uh, his injury, um, if he's able to come back and add some really good quality minutes, then this could be a very dangerous team if those two guys are excellent on the court together. So I would I would say that those are my two X factors. And Connor, you can go right ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, for me, I mean, I know it's uh, two weeks old. I'm, I'm excited to see... Uh, our newest top 100 ESPN 
prospect in Alex, who's coming over. Um, obviously, a huge recruiting class for Dan Hurley this year, and, and I'm really excited to see how he puts all these pieces together over the next couple of years. And, you know, you just got to remember what I do for a living at, at UConn. My, my X factor has always got to be Big Red. Uh, you know, when 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 Big Red's there and the crowd's pumping, uh, nothing can stop us in those uh, in those heart pounding moments. So that's that's my other X factor, as always. I love it. The crowd is an X factor. How about you, Jared? Yeah, crowd this year too, especially after not having anyone last year. It should be pretty fired up crowd. But for for my two there, I'll go with Tyler Polly. So it's always nice to have a a guy that's experienced back there. So he'll be back for his fifth year. He can knock down his shot. They need a consistent three-point shooter. And he, he's shown some streakiness and some ability to knock down those threes. So if he could do that consistently, that's big. And then, you know, you mentioned Kemba, mentioned Shabazz. These UConn teams that, that do well always seem to have a really good point guard. So I'm going to look for RJ Cole and, and see if he could really be that leader of this team this year to help take them to the next level. Those are fantastic selections. Absolutely. Joseph, you have an opinion on this, of course, right? Mine would probably be Tyler Polly because um he created the hot sauce challenge. He was nailing threes, amazing. And then my second one would be RJ Cole because he's the leader of the team now without Book Knight going to the NBA draft. Um, I would say RJ Cole because one, he's the leader of the team. Two, he's like very good with his inside layups, step backs, three pointers he's working on. He's doing good this season. Well, I hope that all these guys contribute and we have a bunch of wins this year. All right, Joe, how about question number three? UConn men have four champions, chips, championships. Which team was the best and why? Okay, so UConn, four championships, which team was the best and why? This is always hotly debated topic, especially on Twitter and or whether you're on the Boneyard or uh, whatever it may be. I mean, my two favorite are probably 1999 and 2004. I would say the other two championships are a little bit more, um, they were a little bit longer shots when the season had begun. And I probably would take 1999 uh, only because their willpower um, I think was so huge as an underdog that they just wouldn't be denied no matter who they went up against, including an incredible Duke team. Although the 2004 team was tops all year round, um, almost from start to finish, I, I would lean towards 1999. And you, Connor? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I hate to ditto it, but the 99 championship was like was just incredible going up against Duke going into that night. Uh, you know, I was I was much younger at the time, so I don't think I really had as much of an understanding as what the um, our actual underdog status was. I, I was really sort of excited to be rooting for the Huskies in the championship, um, but to pull that, I just remember how I felt as a kid watching that win. I mean, that was that was really really incredible. Uh, take nothing away from uh, from what they did in 2011, obviously that, that, that game against Butler as the, uh, as the eight seed was not nearly as exhilarating. So uh, I'll ditto with you, Mike, for sure on 99. That sounds good. It's a good choice. And to, to switch it up, I'll, I'll go 2004. That team was, was pretty dominant. You got a Mecca Okafor there. You, you got Hilton Armstrong, uh, Rashad Anderson, Josh Boone, a lot of fun guys on that team. Uh, so I think I'll go 2004 in terms of, of strength there. And uh, 
But I, I think if I had to say most fun championship, but just to throw a little wrench in there, I'll, I'll go that that 2014 team because I think given all the circumstances, that might be my favorite one, uh, even if though it might not have been the best team there to win a title. I, I love the 2004 team as well. Definitely four magical moments for, for UConn fans. Here's another one from Joe. Name two underdogs underappreciated UConn players that should never be forgotten. Two players that should never be forgotten in UConn's history. For me, I would go probably, I would say Talik Brown because he was a leader on that 2004 team, which we all recognize was tremendous. Even though he wasn't a great outside shooter, um, I just remember him being on the cover of, I think it was like Slam Magazine or Sports Illustrated when it first came out. Um, him, Andre Barrett, and Omar Cook, three guards were all going to New York-related teams, one being St. John's, UConn, of course, and, and Seton Hall, which one of them was going to be the best, and only one of them won a title, um, and that was our guy. Um, he could get in the lane. He was a bulldog defender, so he should never be forgotten. And then I would also say DeAndre Daniels. Um, boy, when he got to Dallas, he he was such an X factor on that team with his length. He was he was scoring at will. I never I, I never thought he would miss. And he was driving and dunking. And I think it was just he's not mentioned enough. I think that DeAndre would be another one that UConn fans should should definitely never forget. Geez, Joe, you know, you're pulling out the hard questions here. I got to go all the way back into underdog territory. Um, so, I mean, I'll give you a player. I, I don't think underdog status necessarily applies to him per se, but I just think fans were really treated uh, uh, to a great player during his uh, during his time at UConn in, in Rudy Gay. Um, you know, I think he was a Big East Rookie of the Year, uh, maybe his, his freshman year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, he had a stellar career. Obviously, we know he went to the NBA. Um, you know, I just, he was fantastic. Again, he was in that 2004 on. That was my college career. So I loved watching him uh, during that time. Um, beyond that, I mean, I'd like to try to give you somebody that uh, is maybe a little bit older and had that underdog status. I'm, I'm going to take, listen, you know, I hope this isn't too, too controversial, but I'm going to take my man, Colin Elamine, uh, the short guy, uh, burning up and down the court. I mean, not that he'll ever be forgotten, but uh, sometimes when you get the shortest guy on the court, uh, underdog status comes naturally. And, and uh, the way he helped propel that team for that championship season, uh, Huskies fans will, will never forget. Those are great picks. I loved Rudy, one of my favorite dunkers of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my two. I will go, and, and I think it's this is pick is solely based on one play, and that is Jamal Coombs McDaniel getting, <laughs> the, getting the rebound to set up the Kemba Walker shot to beat Pitt in the Big East tournament. Who knows what the rest of that season looks like if Kemba doesn't hit that buzzer beater there. But if Coombs McDaniels doesn't get the rebound there to get the timeout to set up that play, um, who knows what it what happens there? Everyone remembers the Kemba play there, but thinking back to the you know, that kind of underdog person there and Coombs McDaniels getting that rebound to set up that play is big. And I think just over the past couple of years, I'll, I'll go with another new, more recent guy. And, and I'll say Christian Vital. I know the fans loved him, but what he was able to do and, and stick things out through some of the tough times that UConn's had, he, he really tried to bring some leadership in w w when uh, Dan Hurley took over. So I think he's one of those guys that 
didn't get the tournament exposure. He didn't get a title. But I think he's one of those guys that's a little bit undervalued because of the importance he had in kind of stabilizing things throughout the past few years. Now, uh, those are all great picks. Would you guys agree that we should give an honorable mention to Amita Brima with his put-back free throw against St. Joe's? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. All right, Joseph, um, let's go with this one. This one, this one, uh, I, I ask you guys to brace yourselves in your seats on this one, okay? <laughs> What's the most terrible regular season loss you can remember? The most terrible regular season loss I can remember <laughs> is 2003. I lived in Miami. We were at the second game, my wife Renee and I, at the Convocation Center in Coral Gables. And UConn was ranked 11th. They were playing University of Miami. We're waiting out inside, uh, outside the arena. There's a bunch of UConn fans there. I look over my shoulder. James Jones, who was the top scorer on that team, is walking through a courtyard with jeans on and his sneakers tied in a knot over his shoulder and says, hey, does anybody know how to, uh, to get in this building? I had an eerie feeling that either he was going to go off and go for 30 or 40 that night or something strange was going to happen. The game's kind of back and forth, as you guys might be might remember. Um, and then Darius Rice, who's the nephew of Hall of Famer Jerry Rice from the 49ers, he steals a ball with about two seconds left, steps back, hits a three-pointer, and, uh, and, and wins the game. Now, I work in Miami. Uh, I'm, I'm razzing guys all week that UConn is going to blow this team out because Miami was in the Big East back then. I called out sick the next day from work. I didn't even want to show my face in the building. I needed a mental health day, but that's the worst regular season loss I could ever remember. And you well, right ahead, Connor. This, uh, yeah, I mean, you said brace yourself. Let's see. I, I'm, yeah, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I'm going to say, geez, I think we had a really tough stretch against Pittsburgh in 2009. And what's his name? Young? Young? Was that who was killing us that season? Um, I think we were 0-2 headed into March against Pittsburgh. I just remember some of those being some pretty uh, gut-wrenching losses where we had high hopes going in and, and were deflated coming out of it. But I think I think that 9 pit team uh, hurt that season, if I recall correctly. It's a, that's a great question, Joseph. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not the encyclopedia that you guys are, but that feels like it stands out to me. Oh, Pitt has always played. I'll give, I'll give you mine. Uh, right. Yeah. I'll go ahead, Jared. Sorry about that. For, for my two here, I – yeah, no, no problem. I will – I'll stick to recent, and it was the stretch to open up the 2016-17 season where you lose two games, your first two games of the year to Wagner and Northeastern. While some of those games against Pitt were tough, you know – when you play teams like that, where you're paying them to come to Gamble to, to play them, those are games you've got to win if the team wants to have any sort of success that season. And to lose those opening two is just such a downer. I know, I know they, you know, probably don't compare on, on a historical list of losses, but those were two that kind of kicked off the UConn tailspin over the past couple of years before before it had started to pick back up with Coach Hurley there. So I'll go with those two. 
all right, we got to wash all the bad mojo away now. We're, we're going to start talking about some better <laughs> things. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but even when UConn, and it has happened that they're getting blown out, <laughs> I usually am not the guy to, to change the channel. I will watch and suffer through it so I can appreciate more um, the opportunity for when they have big wins to just realize how good and important they are uh, because it's just a, it's just one of those things where sometimes you're getting – you know, it handed to you and, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, you're the dominant team. So, um, it's a special sport. Absolutely. Describe your favorite way you've celebrated a victory or title run. A victory or a title run. Uh, one time I bought the, the whole office pizza. I think it was on the 2004 national championship, dual national championship with the women's team. Obviously, I loved going to the uh, dual parade uh, in 14. Um, uh, Joe was just um, a couple years old, um, so he was two. But uh, in 2004, I, I think I brought, bought about 10 or 12 pizzas, just walked into the building, big wide smile, and just said, Everybody was wondering, you know, what's this for? And I said, hey, listen, UConn's the champs, and and I, I, let's let's have a, a little buffet here. How about you, Connor? Um, Are you just I, off yeah, with your mic? <laughs> yeah, more recently, uh, in the last couple seasons, my my victories have felt a little different than they did for all of the years preceding that. Um, I, and there's, I mean, let me say this: there is absolutely nothing like you know, that come from behind wind courtside, uh, where, where the roof is blown off the place. That's, that's uh, highlight stuff. I will tell you as a, uh, as a fan, maybe, maybe I'll pick two things other than that. If I can, one, there's nothing better than celebrating with a little bit of hot sauce, uh, this past season. That was great. And I can recall, um, being in the bar, uh, for Kemba's step back. And that was about as raucous of other than my college. And, and when we went to the tournament and beat Ohio state in 2009, um, that, uh, that feeling, uh, for that shot was pretty incredible. I, I will give you shot. mine. And it, it is the 2011 championship game at, it was my 2010-2011. Uh, it was my freshman year. I went to GW in Washington, D.C. So I'll never forget, um, none of my friends around there were UConn fans. So everyone was uh, joined me to support UConn in my honor there. And when they won, we went down to the Washington Monument, the National Mall there, and we pulled out a cigar and, and had a cigar by the Washington Monument to, to celebrate the win. So I, I think that was probably one of my favorite moments after a title. Look at that. That's a great memory, Jared. All right, Joseph, here's yeah, yeah. a really good question. Who are UConn's greatest stars, the top four at UConn Mount Rushmore? So the four greatest stars at UConn, if it was going to be a, a Mount Rushmore. For me, I would, and I've had this discussion with Joe D and, and Dama Mori, and I think that they they might have both disagreed with me a little bit. But I would, I think it's pretty simple to break it down to four championships and although they might not be the four best players on the team, for me, a UConn Mount Rushmore would be Khaled Alamine. I'm sorry to rip. I just thought that he was the stir that, you know, uh, the, the straw that stirred the drink, if you will. Um, he had such a great cockiness about him, uh, as, as Conrad had mentioned, that he wasn't the tallest guy. But he was really the bulldog for confidence on that team, and of course, Rick was a uh, Rip was a great scorer. But I would put Khaled Alamine on the Mount Rushmore. Okafor representing the second title, Kemba 
and and Shabazz? Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to agree with you on Kemba. Um, I'm going to say Ray. Uh, again, this is off the rip, so I don't want to get a lot of flack. I didn't have this. Uh, I didn't have this in prep here. So who are my Mount Rushmore? I like, uh, I like Donnie Marshall. Um, co-captain postseason for his three seasons. I like Ray Allen. I like Kemba. Man, oh man, who do I pick for my fourth slot? Jared, I'm tagging you in, and I'm going to think about my fourth for a second here. Go ahead. Oh, all right, all right. This this is always a tough one when we've got to narrow it down to four. So I'll agree with you guys on Ray. I'll throw in Okafor as well. Kemba's on there, and I know I'm a sucker, especially because I'm a younger guy. I'm going Shabazz on that one. Coming at, staying with UConn through the year that they were banned from the tournament, then leading them to a title the next year. I, I think that's probably one of the coolest things you'll ever see. So he's always going to be on there for me. We want to go so back. You had that so quick. You, you <laughs> had that so quick. You know, you're you're you're, you're a jerk. You, you, uh, you guys, you guys keep me up with some of those names. So. <laughs> <laughs> one or two. Uh, how about uh, let's see, Cliff Robinson? Uh, no, um, Ben. Ben. I don't know. I don't know who gets. I mean, who gets that fourth for me? It has to be a championship team, right? I mean, that's just no, that's just the I mean, way of the world. If no, anybody- I know, but that's the that's the greatness argument, right? You know, I mean, you got to get your face up there. You got to have a you got to have a championship. I mean, how great was Ben Gordon when Okafor wasn't in the Big East tournament that year? Yeah, that's uh, you know, I'll say I'll, I'll put it in stone. I'll say Ben. Just I, I said it out loud. I'll I'll put it in stone. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'll hear about that. But all right, Joseph, this is a good one for you here. If you could win a Lamborghini and need a last second shot with any player in UConn history, who's taking it for you? Okay, last second shot. I could win a Lamborghini any color I want. Um, I guess conventional wisdom would probably say Kemba, but for me, I think a last second shot, I would put all my my money on Rashad Anderson to, to take that shot for me. It's a great answer. I, I mean, I love, right, Kemba, Kemba's the default, right? Everyone's brain's going to go to cardiac for sure. You know, I guess depending on which Lamborghini it is too, you know, I mean, I'd have to think about, no, just Kemba's the answer. I, I, I put the ball in his hands with three seconds on the clock every time. All right. I, I will go with mine. I You saw it, it was clutch in the NBA uh, with his shot against San Antonio. I, I'm going Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Yeah. Yeah. You might've won the Lamborghini there. That's right. <laughs> that, that actually <laughs> Pick it up at the dealership. I would either go with Kemba, Ray, or Mecca Okafor. Yeah, Okafor. I'm going to say Ray. You're going to say Ray. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I just think alike. Uh, all right, Joe, how about we'll, we'll bring it into the modern team a little bit here and we'll see what, what these guys think about the future going forward here. Besides Hurley, who needs to be the leader of this year's team? All right. 
leader of this year's team besides the coach. I always think that the best option is the extension of the coach, which would be the point guard on the floor. That's how Jim Calhoun used to run things. So a veteran guy like RJ Cole, who I think has a really nice shot. Um, he's going to help put all the pieces together with the new guys, uh, Diggins, Samson, Johnson, if he plays some, Corey, uh, if he plays some, um, and, uh, and Andre Hawkins, he's got to get all those guys in the right place, share some time and support Gaffney, and then also be able to help, um, you know, the veterans, fifth year players that have come back, keep everybody happy. So, uh, for me, the leader of this year's team, I think has to be RJ Cole. There's just too many classes, too many different age groups, and he's going to have to move the ball around. So by default, I'm going to agree with you um, that RJ Cole just, he sets the tone on the floor. Um, but for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to hit a, a second guy. If, if RJ is going uh, cold or is having a tough game, Tyler Polly. Uh, stepping up is is huge. We've seen what his momentum can do for the team. Um, I mean, he 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 can be an absolute spark uh, for us. And so, while RJ Cole's the default, I think I think that second uh, is is Tyler. Agree with you on RJ there, and that's why I gave him as my one of my X factors earlier. But I'll throw another guy out there that I think is big for them. And it was big that he's coming back, and that's Isaiah Whaley. He he brings a lot of life to this team. Uh, you just see him having fun out there. He's going to be excited, I think, to have the crowd back out there. Everyone loves the wrench. So if you're looking for some leadership, you've got a guy who's been there now five years, who you saw start in a role his freshman year where he barely played, to, to really becoming one of the leaders of the team there now, which is exciting. So I'm going to go with uh, Isaiah Whaley there just to throw some fun in on the debate. I'm going to go with Connor. I have to agree with you because those are two amazing guys. I mean, I would throw on Willie too. So I would go with RJ Cole as the leader, Polly and Whaley. Now let me ask you this, Joe. Um, uh, Polly and Whaley both came back for their fifth year. Tyler came off the bench last year and was very helpful when book night went down. And um, Whaley was a starter. Uh, knowing that we have Sonogo and we have a cook coming back, do Tyler or Whaley, are, are they starters this year? I hope uh, Tyler is, and I'm pretty sure Whaley is because Whaley was a starter last time. Or So a cook it? is coming off the bench? Yeah. What do you, What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, I think it'll be interesting, and they'll definitely play around a little bit. But I, I, I think you've got to start Whaley. He, he's the experienced guy. He's been there. Um, you've got so the team this year is just so deep. You're going to really be able to mix and match. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see what the lineups look like at the end of the game versus what they are when the game starts. I, I think Tyler Polly will probably be that sixth man for them. You know, we saw him win sixth man of the year in the Big East last year. So I think he could step up and play at that level and, and be even more consistent this year. I, I think it really makes for an exciting team. Yeah, I mean, what more can the Reds yeah. one defensive player of the year he, he should start? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've kind of tried to look in the crystal ball and see whose, na whose names I'll be announcing in the starting lineup. Um uh, I can see, I can also see with these kinds of pieces and this level of flexibility, I can see Dan Hurley, you know, playing some matchups too. You know, I mean, I don't know that he'll always be consistent. He may, he may, 
uh, call some audibles depending on who the opponent is and and what he sees on the court in practice. And, you know, so I think he's got a lot to work with. And I think that gives him a lot of flexibility to be a, a, a coach that can truly manage uh, into these players' strengths. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do. And I feel really good about uh, who we've got coming up in the next couple of years here. Well said. Yeah, we have definitely a great recruiting class and I'm excited, uh, excited for the uh, the class even even beyond that one. So we got our final three questions here, guys. Let's finish strong. Joseph, what do you got next? True or false? Why question? UConn has a top three finish in the Big East this year. Okay, so true, false, or why? Um, I would say true. Uh, it's a homer answer, but um, I think I think that they will finish in the top three of the Big East this year. I just think that Hurley has been taking the steps and a blueprint to be able to get this to the point where every year is just a bit better than the next. And and the talent that he's bringing in is proving it out. Um, I know that there's a few stars that have left um, uh, this year. Uh, St. John should still be strong. Um, they got that that bulldog defender. And, and I know that uh, Villanova will be strong, but I'm, I'm expecting uh, there to be a top three finish. So I would say true. Yeah, I, I concur. I feel really good about where the team is at. I feel really good about the progress that the team has made over the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, Coach Hurley stamps all of his tweets with that uh, with that mountain that we're still climbing, and and I don't think we're at the summit yet, but I think we're I think we're on the upside. Um, I feel you know if if we can stay healthy and and we can play our part, I, I really do feel like this can certainly be a top three team in the conference. And I'll make it a three for three here. True, a hundred percent in in my opinion. This team is deep, got great leadership, veterans. They've got younger players that are, that are ready to show off. I'm excited about this team. Uh, so, yes, definitely a top three finish in my opinion. Okay, awesome. Joe, are you thinking uh, you thinking true or, or false? What are you thinking? I'm going to say true. All right, here's question go. number 11. That's the right answer, Joe. Four for four, yeah. Four for four. Uh, so now the pressure is on Hurley. So we have another true, false, or why question. True, false, or why? UConn is a sweet six team, sweet six team or better this year. So sweet 16 or better, Joseph wants to know. So a second weekend team. Well, I mean, we all think that they're going to have a top three finish in the Big East. So I just think that, you know, you got this mantra right now about the wasted um, last minutes of, of the end of last season. And I think they're going to put themselves in a position where mentally they're ready and I think that this team can uh, accomplish the Sweet 16 or beyond this year. Um, the thing is, Booknight scored a lot, but sometimes the absence of a player does allow some other guys to step up. We didn't even mention too much Adama Sonogo or Tyrese Martin, and I'm a big fan of both of theirs. So I think that this team definitely can go that far. Yeah, again, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm certainly not going to be the one to jinx anything here. I, I absolutely think that they have... Uh, they have the talent on the floor and on the bench to, to be in that conversation for sure. Um, I think by and large, Connecticut loves March. So, so never count us out there. Um, you know, it'll require us to put some pieces together here. And, and that's why I'm excited to see fans in the seats again. Um, but, but I would not be, uh, surprised if, as you said, we're a second weekend team, uh, in the tournament. I think that's, 
I think that should be our goal. I mean, I think that's what we're looking for. I think that's that's what we're building towards. And if we can perform to the level that that Coach Hurley's expecting out of these players, that's doable for us. Make it three for three once again. I'll say yes. This team's, you know, even though they, they progressed last year to, to make the NCAA tournament, they still, I think, have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder based on how that season ended with that game against Maryland. So I, I think this team's going to come out really fired up this year. Uh, I think they've really got the pieces in place to be able to make a run. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say Sweet 16 team or better. I'm going to say um, I'm going to say true. You got it as well, Joe. You think they're going to go deep this year? Yep. All right. So the last one is going to require you to put your thinking caps on a little bit. And we wanted to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to be with us. It's been a lot of fun for father and son to learn together. And we hope to introduce ourselves to you again at the arena. Um, Connor, we've done some stuff at the Yard Goat Stadium with each other. So that was great. Joseph's ball is on our mantle in our game room. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you, uh, Jared, uh, as well. So finish strong with this one, guys. Lastly, how many players on this year this year's team will play in the NBA someday? Play in the NBA someday on this year's team. Um, I will go with I'm going to go with 3. And I'll say one of the freshmen eventually, you know, cycles through and 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 gets a uh NBA pick. Uh, I'll say maybe a cook or a Dama, one of the two might make it. And I'll, I'll bet on Jackson that if he stays for a couple more years and improves that shot, um, the athleticism is just too talented uh, that he'll get drafted as well. So I'm going to go with three cautiously. Yeah. So I agree with all the names you put out there. I mean, you know, I, I think Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tie some of my answers together here. I think if, in fact, uh, we're able to be a top three finish, if, in fact, we're a Sweet 16 team, the talent you will see on display, I'm going to take the over on that number um, if this team puts it together in that sort of fashion. And since I already went out and said that they're going to be top three and Sweet 16, uh, let's go ahead and say that I'm going to take the over and take a a fourth player that ends up in the NBA on this team. All right. I love that. I I agree with that. I agree with Connor there too. I was I was going to say four because I, I think I, I agree that you could see one of the freshmen at some point, you know, possibly having that talent. It'll be a little easier to give you a harder uh, answer on that one once they start playing. But uh, I, I think Sonogo's a guy that's going to be in the NBA, especially as it seems like they're trying to, you know, extend his range a little bit to develop more of a shot. Um, I, I think he's going to be a really good big man in, in the NBA. Um, you know, I, I just think Andre Jackson, the NBA is all about athleticism. He, he's a perfect fit for that. So I really think you've, you've got plenty of pieces here that you could see. You know, a few of these guys, you know, go into the NBA. Does it mean that they're all going to be lottery picks? No. But you, you've got plenty of pieces here and plenty of talent to, to be able to make the NBA and, and play in some capacity. Those are great answers. Well, we all have great optimism for the team. We wish uh, Coach Hurley and the players a fantastic upcoming season. Uh, we can't wait to get back in the arena safely. We want to thank you guys so much for your time on, on the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. We really enjoy both of your work. 
Um, you guys are the gold standard for getting uh, arenas excited. And 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 Jared, with with your podcasts, it, it's it's fantastic. Um, proud of what both of you do, and and we can't wait to see you guys in the future. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Thank you. Alrighty, go UConn guys. Take it easy. Thanks, you two guys. Go Huskies. Bye guys. Thank you.